cliffcentral.com. That was supposed to be my role. Reminds me of my days. Singer, remember? Our days on the our days in the streets, Zabalazi. What days did you have on the streets? San Bernardo Noke, welcome to the show. It's frankly speaking, one hour of hot, hardcore debates. Here in the studio, we are going to be talking about all cool things uh, that are going on in our country that we need to speak about. And this one is specific. Like this one, we really need to speak about. Change the, the conversation slightly. Uh, you see how I just get into it because I'm very excited about this. That's good. How are you doing? I've never Ron? seen a white guy so excited to speak about land. <laughs> It's encouraging. Why are you doing that now? It's encouraging. We're talking about land. And listen, before we get going here, I just want to thank all the listeners uh, over the last few shows. We've had quite a bit of interaction on our Facebook pages as well as Twitter and um I was going to say Instagram, but that's a lie. But Twitter and then Facebook specifically. So if you haven't uh, checked us out, go to Frankly Speaking. You can check out all the old shows. You can check out what people are saying about some of the old shows as well. Um, these comments are really, really interesting. And I think this is what we're trying to do here. Create a public discourse for conversations that need to be had in South Africa. And uh, hopefully share your thoughts as well. Today we're talking about land. We're doing something slightly different though. Um, because we've done, we've done land. Land has been on everyone's lips for a long time. It came up again in the NEC meeting. Zuma clarifying what he, he meant. Um, talking about the Mangaung 2012 discussion. So lots of thoughts about land at the moment. Seeming that the ANC want to radicalize, the word has come up, radicalize this land expropriation, um, from willing buyer to willing seller to something different, uh, where we don't pay, we don't recompense and um, we wanted to talk about this openly and say maybe what is what is another way to look at this how should we look at this what's a different way uh, we've got some really great guests uh, in studio Nomani Sogasa she joins us fantastic person to have not only is she bloody brilliant but she's been working on this issue specifically for a long long time and i think she's so hurtful that she also wants to change the discussion points so we'll be speaking to her as well as as you uh, at home if you want to get in on this conversation you can hook us up on twitter at rory shabalala or at yebo underscore levy i've been speaking rory now you speak what do you want to say i'm not feeling well and i think i should let everyone know because they're going to be asking why i sound so down it's not the land issue the the prospects of getting land does not depress me. I'm <laughs> just not feeling well. I must say, Nobuni Sogasa is uh, is public enemy number one for the land, uh, the, the the minister of land and rural development. Um, I, I, I once attended a conference on the um, the land act mm. in at UCT at some stage, and I remember her going wild and just poking at him, and he was just you could see that this man is, this is not comfortable. Yes, and Quinty. Um, so, so she, she is quite an animated person. It was quite interesting to watch. And, uh, I think we're going to have a, a lot of fun. Um, and it's a serious conversation, but I think the big thing here is we have to, we have to start building a country. We have to start moving forward as a country. And, and it feels like with this particular land thing, we've reached deadlock, uh, for, mm. for a number of different reasons. And, uh, uh the, the question is why have we reached deadlock? Um, mm. one argument says we've Got all of the la- all of the the laws that are required to 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 expedite this situation and get it over and done with. Mm-hmm. Um, others are saying no, but um, 
why should we be paying for it and and this is this is all of a sudden then introducing um a, a, a bit of maybe complexity to the situation mm-hmm. um some are saying do people do black people want land at all so it looks like we've reached deadlock this the, we we had a restitution process that was supposed to be taking place uh, it seems to have also ground down to a halt as well um so th- there's a big question now is how do we unlock the situation how do we get to a point where we're done mm. so we can actually begin to move on um and is the land issue an economic issue but or is it an emotional issue is it a, just an issue of historical redress um so there's a lot to be spoken mm. about here and I, I have a feeling that by the by the time we reach the end of the show we're going to be saying we need to have another show <laughs> I'm just I'm just Why are you doing that? We haven't even started yet nah, just, I No money So I want to say good morning to you We do have some people online So we're going to speak to them as well But n- let's speak to you first and say hi Hi How morning. are you? I'm good I'm Just good. looking very fashionable with I'm your late summer fashion With glasses oh, yeah. and you know, you know You good. are Miss Fashion, hey? Well, if I'm going to talk about land I, I feel good <laughs> <laughs> So I think, you know, to start this conversation And we're going to bring in uh, someone named Annalise as well well, to discuss some things here as well. But to start this conversation, let's understand where we are. I mean, why, you know, 23 years later, are we still so baffled by this land question and, and perplexed and so many fingers to point? And well, what's going on? Give us some context. Well, I mean, I, I think that there's actually, you know, one has to acknowledge the fact that there's quite a lot that the, Dep- the Department of Rural Development has done. Um, land is an incredibly complex issue, not just for South Africa, but for for the whole world Mm. in different ways. And there are different components, of course, to 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 the, how the constitution looks at at land in Section Twenty Five. Yes. So there's the issue around restitution mm-hmm. for you know for people who were who were forcibly removed and who lost land, um, uh, you know, after nineteen thirteen. Give us an example. Um, I think examples are important. You know, for, here. for example, the District um, Six kind of movements. Uh, District Six, but also, uh, you know, a lot of people. You know, there was a time when, um, you know, there was this need to create black, um, you know, uh, to, to to move black spots, as it were, mm. in white areas. Mm. So there were forced removals right. uh, way after District Six, even, and the creation of homelands. Mm. Um, so you have people who lost homes. You have people who lost. Um, you know, ancestral graves and all that. So, so there's the restitution act that is supposed to deal with that. Right. Now, the, 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 the problem the, uh, with the restitution act is that, um, it's very slow. Mm. You know, um, there, there are people and, and sometimes both people on both sides, the people that the claimants, and the people uh, from whom the claim is being addressed, that mm. is the, the farmer who's in that particular land. So you find that it's it's very, very slow. I mean, there are backlogs that go to almost um, 19 years, right? So, uh, th- so there is a problem there. The second problem with restitution is that because some of the people who lost their land have moved into other areas. It's been very difficult for them to figure out what to do. So, um, and and, I mean, let's be frank about this. Farming is not easy, Mm. you know. Uh, So so some people have opted for money. Uh, 
not, I think not because they, they wouldn't have wanted to farm, but because they considered mm. this. I mean, I look at people in my, in the village where I come from, right? Um, we grew up working the land, right? So it's not romantic. Mm. Uh, so if you, if you're not sure that you're going to have the, the, capa- the capacity, the support, the government support, and you, you, you know, and all of that, you, you like to take money. Right, so people, some people have taken money. Um, the, the the other aspect of of land uh, is, of course, security of tenure, which uh, which which addresses those people whose uh, tenure is not safe. That is, people who Farm live workers. in farms mm-hmm. and people, people people who live in communal um, areas. That is, uh, the so-called former homelands uh, in rural areas. Mm-hmm. So um, there's there's a very slow process there in terms of conversion. Of, of those rights uh, in, uh, into secure customary rights and also having a conversation about whether people should have a title deeds or whether it should be communal title deeds, what kind of uh, tenure reform regime should exist there. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the third one, of course, which is very tricky, is the one that everybody, that gets everybody's backs up, is the one on redistribution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and redistribution has been basically, uh, well, firstly, the constitution doesn't say that it's willing buyer, willing seller, mm-hmm. but the ANC, um, initial policy translated it as such. Right, yeah. And then it proved to be very expensive. And, and, and so there's been a slowing, you know, in terms of that as well. Um, the, the other aspect around redistribution is that, um, you know, there's also a lot of populism around it. Mm. Um, there is nothing in the constitution as it is that actually prevents redistribution, right? Uh, the constitution, it's important to be clear on this. Section 25, which is a property clause under which land falls, doesn't give anybody, doesn't give you, Andrew, or me, the right to property, mm. right? But what it does, it says you cannot be arbitrarily Deprived, deprived of, of property. Yeah. Uh, so these are the three elements that are very, um, that are very, very difficult. And, um, and I think where we have gotten stuck is that firstly, restitution has been very, very slow. Uh, thirdly, the, 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 you know, land and agriculture tend to be seen interchangeably. And, um, so there's emphasis, for example, on is this land being used highly, uh, you know, for high production. Mm. And I don't think that's the only conversation that you can have. Yes. Land is not just about the economics. Land is about history. It's about identity. Mm. Um, I think that we are at a stage in South Africa where we need to keep some cool heads and actually revisit what we understand by land. And that is my um, my mm. conversation at the moment. Mm. All right, I'm going to bring uh, Annalise in here now because I think it's very important to to have her uh, into this conversation. Uh, we're speaking about, frankly speaking, how do we unlock the land gridlock in SA? Uh, Nomboni Sogasa is uh, our guest in studio. Annalise Crosby, she's the head of legal policy of Agricultural Industry Association. She's look at my agri SA. Annalise, good morning to you. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. I think one of the issues around um, this whole land discussion is: do we actually know what the statistics of the land uh, distribution is? I mean, how much is government owned? How much is white owned? How much is black owned? Yes, 
that, that's a very good question. And, and I think there were some very valid comments made by the previous speaker as well, because this is indeed an incredibly complex issue. It's also a very emotive issue. And one understands the emotion. Annalise, we're going to try. We're going to try you again. Um, let's let's uh, just uh, hold that discussion. We just want to get a better line for you, um, Nominiso. I think maybe coming back to you around that question. You yeah. know, like doing the research on on this uh, this whole thing. The idea of who owns what is somewhat in the dark at the moment. I mean, there's there's some statistics, yeah. but it doesn't feel concrete at the moment for me. Well, um, firstly, I think it's important to you know people continue to talk about a thirteen percent, um, you know, of the population occupying eighty seven percent. That actually that is not true. It's right. changed, but it hasn't changed dramatically. Dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and when we talk about, uh, the, the, when, when, when in the past people were talking about the 80%, 87%, that also included the land that was held by the apartheid state, mm. because the apartheid state held that land, um, in, in the main for white people, right? Now, what, what are the, what are the percentages? The percentages have shifted a bit. So we are talking about, um, perhaps some, you, you, you know, uh, the state holds quite a bit of land, substantial, uh, sub, sub, substantial percentages of land and parcels of land. The, the problem, okay, firstly, let's just deal with the statistics. Yeah. So it's no longer 13, uh, you know, uh, versus 87%. It's now between 20 something percent. So it's not, it's really not that big, mm. right? The second thing is that, so if we break down that further, we find that in terms of the land that, that is used by farmers, okay, in terms of the land that is in private hands, you know, th- those vast tracts of land that are in private hands, it's huge proportion mm. in relation to the, to the, to, 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 to the, to, to the percentage of mm. the of the population, for example, you have maybe about thirty thousand, if that much, of commercial farmers in South Africa at the moment, right? But the kind of percentage of land that they use is huge, it's vast. When you drive past yeah. it, it seems like you know this is too much. You <laughs> right? see, a guy, a guy um, owns a mountain. How do you own a mountain? I've always found that fascinating. A whole mountain yeah. in your property. You know, so 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 um, well these are some of the issues that I think I think we we need to talk about. So so the thing is in terms of so oh the other complication is that the Department of Rural Development has been trying to look at who owns each and every square meter mm. of land in South Africa. Right. And they've not finalized uh, that study, but I understand that it is advanced because I think that once you have that, then you have a better understanding of what land is there. For example, somewhere in Limpopo, I remember driving and, and, and just seeing this huge, I mean, I'm like acres and acres of land. Mm. And then, I, you know, it was fenced and it was not used. So I asked, whose land is this? And they said, Oh, it's Warren Buffett's land. Oh, wow. And, you know, mm. and, um, mm. so, uh, so there also is a lot of speculative market mm. by international and local people mm. who are buying land and 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 of course keeping it and and so on. So so I think that the conversation on redistribution 
therefore, has got to be a much more nuanced conversation mm. than we have now. And, but I do think it's a very difficult um, it's a very difficult issue. Mm. So, uh, so most of the people listening to this show don't own even a single hectare of farmland. Um, but tend to jump into the conversation on land, uh, also feeling very emotive about it. So it, it, this is a conversation that's being had by a lot of people who have no stake, uh, in inverted commas, in this particular conversation. To what extent is urban land, um, maybe maybe they feel that their houses are also um, at stake. Uh, to what extent is urban land part of this uh, conversation? Well, it should be part of a conversation. And, um, you know, for example, the, the, the kind of conversation that I am suggesting that we should have in South Africa. Mm. And, and, and I think a lot of your listeners are not going to like this, <laughs> is in fact whether anybody should own land in the first place, mm. um, whether it's rural, whether it's urban, um, irrespective, you know. I, I <clears throat> So even for me, the notion of expropriation of land, um, you are expropriating it from somebody, and you're giving it to somebody. To somebody else. Mm. So for me, I think we need to have very, very calm conversation about, about this. So what am I suggesting? I'm suggesting firstly that we look at models uh, in various parts of the world. Um, we look at how they deal with some of these issues. For example, if you are, if you live in Sweden and you have, you know, they have the forest cottages or the sea cottages or whatever, mm. you cannot prevent people the right of way okay right mm. so you can't own a mountain yes. actually right yes. it can't belong to you yes. so people who have always gone hunting and walked in that forest so you're having continue, that cottage yeah. continue to have that so mm. that's the right of access it's very contested in law mm. because when you when you claim that right of access uh, somebody else feels insecure about mm. it and mm. um, you've got parts of england where you can't Buy land at all It's considered Queensland mm. So you, you you can have 99 year lease yes. and, and it's okay and you are secure The generations that come they, You know you can have a whole range Of regime that ensures that you, are, you know when you pass on your children Will not be deprived of that property That there will be a system That can ensure that they will live there mm. um, You have countries Like Mozambique where Um also, it's state land. Nobody owns mm. land in Mozambique. Uh, you get, um, including in Maputo, mm. right? Including that in house, including that house where Nelson Mandela has, mm. um, a, you know, a, mm. a, a mm. Mrs. Mm. A, a Mandela has a house. Okay, yeah. So they own the house, but they don't own the land. And um, they, 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 and there's there's merit to that yeah. because uh, it, it it looks at the conversation around land differently. Now the problem is that in a number of countries where the system operates, there's also patronage. Mm. There's also you know corruption that comes in. There are mm. all these kinds of things. So if you were to take the Mozambican example, for example, uh, for for argument's sake. You know, the, you would have to say, okay, how about looking at that model, but then looking at it from a South African perspective mm. and coming up with a kind of regulatory and statutory framework that would, that, that would take that care of be. some of these problems. So, you, you know, I, now, I, if you, I live in Johannesburg, right? I, 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 I believe that I, the house belongs to me, mm. the trees I planted, mm. but actually the idea that I own a piece of ground 
you know, is, 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 is bizarre. Mm. You know, land, it depends how you look at land. If we start thinking about land in the way that we think about the sea, Yes. You know, uh, you may have territorial boundaries in the sea, but you can't actually own the sea. The sea yes. we, 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 if the we look at well, the sure. air, if we look at the sky, mm. I mean, with the drones now and all that, there are all sorts of, you know, uh, you know, uh, sort of, obviously law has to develop and people have got to think about, you know, above your, so many meters above, above your it. house, mm. is it invasion? Mm. But it's, it's, the conversation is about invasion. Yes. Right? It's not about, you know, so many own meters it, yeah. about, above your house, it's you yours. own it. Yes. So if we think about land in that kind of way, especially in the context of climate change, in the context of growing populations, in the context of a serious land, a deficit that we are going to be facing in this country, and mm. um, I, I think we might be able to have some conversation that takes us somewhere. How do we then deal with because you, you cite international examples, but we, we we certainly have those examples in South Africa, the former homelands and so on in the Eastern Cape, for example. You've got large swaths of land that uh, that are occupied using the, the PTO permission to occupy mm-hmm. framework and so on, and you've done a lot of work around the rural mm-hmm. areas and mm-hmm. so on, um, and that doesn't seem to have invigorated the economies in those areas. So uh, when a person then, and the argument tends to be that, well, you don't have title, you can't collateralize, and because you can't collateralize, it's very difficult to get the capital required to work that land. Um, how would you then deal with that with that argument? Is that even a valid argument to say no, that it's this not, is an important actually. part of the balance sheet that allows you to actually make that land productive? No, actually it's not. Mm. Um, I think that, and we've had conversations with with key financial institutions around this, um, you don't you can't collateralize something that is of that doesn't have value, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so even if I were to have a title deed instead of PTO, um, the extent to which a bank is going to give me money in relation to that is actually very limited because they're not going to do it. There's nothing to, uh, that they will attach to. Mm. So there's the different kind of conversation there in terms of how do you build a different kind of asset base. Uh, my, my, my argument is that actually don't have different landholding regimes for the country. Have everybody a regime. Uh, having a single regime for, for the country. And then you... Th- Start to ask the market, the financiers, what are the critical issues that you would need to see in place in order to invest in these places. Mm. And, and a lot of it is stability, you know, and that's what the market says basically that they want stability. They want to know that if they, 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 they invest or they lend you money to invest here, that, um, you know, that there isn't going to be a local government councillor and a ward councillor having a fight with the chief and so on. Mm. So that kind of stability. But there are other ways of thinking about it as well. You know, when you buy a house in, in urban areas, you have to take insurance against that. So there are different ways in which you can collateralize even that property in, 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 in rural areas. No, Moniso, I'm, I'm interested in what you're saying about this whole idea of uh, no ownership of land. You've just joined the conversation. We're speaking to No Moniso Gasa, and we're asking, frankly speaking, how do we unlock the land gridlock in SA? Got a, an old friend of this show coming on just now. <laughs> He's voting from New York, so we'll find out what he has to say as well. But um, according to Ruth Hall, who's the associate professor at the Institute for Poverty, Land and uh, Agrarian mm-hmm. Studies, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know her well. Mm-hmm. 
she talks about the fact that um, Minister Nkutini is Nkwinti. a Nkwinti. Mm-hmm. Nkwinti. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get this right. Nkwinti. Uh, since 2013, has done this thing called or issued a state land uh, lease and deposit act. Uh, yeah, Disposal Act, which is effectively saying that the government is buying land at 6% a year. And tell me if you if you know differently. Um, but not then giving it back to, for example, in this case, black farmers, but getting them to lease the land for the 50 years, and then only are they allowed to buy that land. This is kind of what you're saying, isn't it? Is, th- is this right? Is, is Ruth right on this issue? Is, is there, well, uh, is there uh, complexities in this? Or? Well, uh, Ruth is, is right um, on that. Uh, but I think it is it, it, it is it, it, it is complicated. It, it is complex because, firstly, the key issue is the transfer rate, the extent to which you know government can transfer land mm-hmm. to to people. Um, it's very slow. That's the one. That's the one cause of of backlog. Yeah. So it's not necessarily the issue. The issue is not about insufficient land. It is about the the pace. Mm-hmm. Of, of transfer, that's one. Secondly, um, the, 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 the buying of land by government is not going to be sustainable in the long run. Mm. And I, Ruth argues this as well and many other people uh, elsewhere. It's not going to be uh, sustainable in the long run. It's, 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 it's very expensive purchases. Yes. It's, um, it's, it, and, and also it still reproduces the same thing where some people have big portions of land and other people don't have land at all. Mm. Um, the third issue is, of course, one of, uh, you know, government has spent a lot of money on recapitalization. So that is uh, giving, f- uh, capitalizing farmers, you know, so you get the farm, you get the, you, you get, you know, a subsidy from government and and, and so on, applied, and and, yeah. and and it's 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 very expensive. But all these issues for me are issue are secondary issues. For me, the issue that needs to be sorted out at a fundamental level is to whom does the land belong, mm. and um and and once you have that conversation about to whom does the land belong. And when I say the land, I mean all land, mm. right? Um, you know, waterfront is owned by the state, right? Mm. And it's leased, um, that land is leased to 99 year lease. It doesn't, it doesn't prevent development at all. It doesn't slow development. In fact, there's fast paced development. Mm. And, 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 and so if we can also kind of shift our imagination mm. rejig- a little bit, it a little and, bit. and, and think of land, you know, as, as something that doesn't belong to individuals, um, as something that we need to share. Uh, so all these other programs about whether government is giving quickly, uh, at what pace, whether people are buying and so on, for me, these are secondary issues. The fundamental issue mm. is if we are really going to have a redistributive agenda that, that is not going to fall flat in its face, we've got to think about what is land, Rory, I want to pick up on on something you're saying, um, but let's let's get uh, our next guest in here. Um, he is in New York at the moment. Uh, it is Adam Sturt from uh, Afri Forum. Andrew, good morning or good morning to you. Yes, it's very early morning to you, isn't it? Adam, not all right. 
Okay, let, uh, let's uh, let's we'll try bring in Anster because he's got some interesting comments to say about this. I'm sure. I think what I want to pick up on is, is this complexity and how we how we unwind it. So we do have areas in which people don't own land, um, mm. and you've given a great example of the VNA waterfront uh, that's mm-hmm. state-owned land. People don't own land, but they occupy the land, and mm. those areas just seem to not being developed. How do we move to a point where we begin to pilot what you're, spe- what you're speaking about um, in those areas? So, so that requires the financial institutions and so on to reframe their thinking about what they consider an asset and so on. They're not doing it, but we certainly have the land to begin to experiment with it. Why, what is it going to take and what would need to be true for financial institutions to say, okay, I mean, that, that's a valid point. In this area where we can pilot it, let's pilot it and see what happens. I think you can have, I mean, look, currently there is um, a conversation that government is having on communal land tenure, right? So, so the, what kind of tenure system will be in rural areas, right? Um, already, if you were to look at that, uh, there is a potential there to address some of these niggly issues about, you know, does this homestead belong to me? Mm. Does it belong to the community? But most importantly, if people want to come up with a trust or any other business model, uh, they can do that and then they can lend, they can borrow money from, from banks and, and then you can have those kinds of arrangements. Mm. I think part of that is that there isn't clear legislation at the moment that, um, that, that addresses those areas. And there is legislation that is in the pipeline, but I think that that legislation is going to need quite a lot of work to get it, um, right. to get it, to get it right. But still, it's not going to address the, 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 the you know, the, the, the fundamental issues around ownership. Um, the, you also look at uh, places like, um, you, you know, urban areas, peri-urban areas like um, RDP houses, for example, right, where people don't have title deeds, mm. whereas mm-hmm. people who live next to them uh, in in the suburb have mm. title deeds. Mm. So all these kinds of different, um, you know, uh, inequalities mm. about land holding create, I think, um, you know, ongoing perception that there's nothing that is happening that around up, yes. land. We, we we have a similar situation, I think, in Alex, in Alex, uh, not too far from here, right? So mm. that uh, large portions of that, the people still don't own it, and the question is then. Uh, how do they move forward? Um, how do we deal with uh, the, the the fact that this is such an emotive conversation? Because what we what one might argue that we are having a very theoretical uh, conversation. Uh, the land thing does not happen in a vacuum. It happens within the context of the economics of the country, the history of the country, the emotions of the country. Uh, what what is it going to take? Because and and we can't use the easy answer leadership because we we certainly don't seem to have any. So yeah. what is it going to take to, to get us all around the table and to, to, to remove all of these things, say, for the sake of us moving forward? Otherwise, we're going to be having this conversation in 50 years' time. Well, we're sitting here now, mm. you're right, um, and uh, somebody from Afroforum, I hope, is going to be online, mm. um, and we're having this conversation. Um, I, I think that's the first thing. I think we need to break this down. Mm. The fundamental question is, what is land proxy for? Mm. What is it made to be proxy for? Mm. So land is about power. Land is about wealth. Mm. Land is about history. Land is about identity, mm. right? And what is it proxy for? 
it's proxy for those things as well. And sometimes at certain points, politicians also tap into it um, to use it yes. in order to get as you know popular mm. uh, as a tool um, and 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 all of that. Mm. So I think if we break it down to say what does land mean to you, right? What does not having land mean to you? But what does having land actually mean? Mm. You know, um, it means security, right? So can you have security without necessarily owning that land? Yes, you can, right? So Isn't that a big leap that we're asking people to do? So, for example, let's say I own a property here in Santon. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, then ask, you're then suggesting that I will no longer own that property tomorrow. At the stroke of midnight, it's no longer my land. Um, that's just, that's not something that I must just accept. Uh, it means a financial institution must, uh, must accept that my balance sheet hasn't changed. It's just the fact that I don't own it anymore. We, we need an entire systemic Hopefully. change all at the same time. Is that even, so, so are we going to be crit- criticized to say that guys, this is theory, it'll pie in the sky, it will never happen? No, well, listen, uh, 20 years we're here. Okay. <laughs> um, we do need leap of imagination. Right. We have serious crisis of imagination in this country. Um, I think we, 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 we can think boldly. Mm. Of course, I'm not suggesting that tomorrow somebody comes and says, Oh, you no longer own this. Mm. So we can actually have conversations and think about how you move from one system to another. To next, yes. And what components do you need? Let me challenge, let me challenge that. So, so yes, we get this leap of imagination. What's the next step after that? What, what, what's the, what's the leap of action that would support the leap of imagination? Firstly, you need, firstly, you need to have this conversation. You need to have the difficult questions. You need to say, okay, what, what is this model normal so that you're talking about? What, what, what are your thought processes around this? Uh, What are the economics of it? What are the inheritance issues? Around it, what are the racial questions around it? What are the colonial legacy issues around it? And then somebody else comes in and says, "Oh well, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a boor, and the way we got <laughs> I like, I like <laughs> this accent. I like how that sounds like a jock who just went through to like, become yeah, a boor. Then, then, then no, it's a boor. Yeah. I did some gym, and now I'm you know, just uh, <laughs> cutting some sheep. Uh, you know, it's yeah, just like so, you know, so, such a stereotype. And, but I had an ima- you know, uh, you know. Anyway, you know, I I imagine some people that I speak to, you know, and uh, this land we've worked, you know, and but most importantly, for them, for that person, it's also emotional because it it takes them to the Anglo-Poor War. Yes. Right. So you need to be able to listen to that and listen to the fact that for that particular person, right, um, the, the the land is what they got that yes. uh, they, they had remaining after the anglo war. Yes. Right? So you, you, you then also need to understand somebody of Jewish descent of, de- of, of Jewish descent is going to come and say, you know, there's a history around uh, people of Jewish descent that actually goes way before, you know, yes. um, Hitler yes. um, and, and, and dispossession of land and not allowed to, uh, uh, you know, mm. to own land in, mm. in, 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 in Europe and so on. So for me, this, uh, if you're saying this, this touches on that. Yes. So we also have to 
kind of listen. Yes. Right? And then there's going to be um, the coy. And, uh, and I, wanted, going to say, I wanted to touch uh, on that, yes. Uh, you know, the Nando's advert, you know, yes, I was going to say, yeah, yes. oh, you know. Where are you from? But actually, yeah. all of you uh, get out of, yes. out of here. Yes. So I think we need to have a conversation that is that that looks at all the nuances and all the baggage that we carry. Don't uh, just just quickly. I want to just interject very quickly. I'm interested because it seems like that then equalizes one lever, which I'm actually open to. I think it's quite interesting uh, as a concept. My imagination. I'm trying to be good here on Wednesdays, you know. The, but isn't land a symbol for for redistribution of wealth, which is the which is the bigger issue, you know? And a lot of populist discussions around we need the land so that we can build the wealth, right? And Rory was alluding to it a little bit with regards yeah. to trying to build wealth through financing and stuff like that. But it's it's more of an emotional thing. It which is, is an emotional say, thing. I need land so I can. Create wealth now. If you equalize us by saying, "Right, no one has land now; it's all owned by the state." How do we then still challenge that idea of saying, "Well, if you were in the free state um, and you were living on a plot of land that wasn't owned by you, it was owned by a farmer, for example." So the typical case. Let's use yeah, the yeah, typical case. Yeah. And then we say, "Right, no land anymore." Right. So mm. everyone doesn't have land. Mm. How does it changed that person's perspective who's now sitting in this rural free state area, still without wealth, still now without land, but no one else has land? Well, firstly, it, it's not no one else has land. Everybody has land because the land is in the hands of the state. Okay. Um, and then we have to sort out security around that. We have to sort out access around that. We have to sort out patronage. Um, and, and all those kinds of things. But they, they, then you're asking a very important question, say, okay, actually it doesn't really matter, you know, whether the, uh, I own land or not. Yeah. The, 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 the thing is that the inequality is still going to remain, yeah. right? Some people are going to have bigger pieces of land and others may not, even with the lease system, that's still going to happen, right? So what then you also need to do is to have what Rorisang uh, was talking about, which is a conversation around a paradigm. Mm. You know, how do we finance? You know, how do we get access? How do we ensure that, you know, some people are not using more than other people, right? And we are going to have this conversation whether we like it or not, mm. right? Um, we are going to have, I mean, the Minister of Rural Development is already talking about a ceiling in terms of the pieces of, I mean, how many yeah, acres of own, land mm. can one person own? So we are going to have this conversation. Mm. We are already having conversations about how much water can one family have? So, so part of that then is going to be about, okay, so this is the land that you are in. What are, what are your requirements? What are the requirements for this? Because part of the problem is, um, you know, there are urban legends um, about how, you know, the, the farms that were given to black people are, are, are lying fallow. People are not working those land, uh, th those farms, or th they've neglected them, they've stripped them, they've done this, that, and the other. Mm. Now, that may be 0 0.005% mm. mm. of those farms. A lot of them, actually, are not coming off the ground because of financial support, because of a whole range of things yeah. that they need. Yeah. And, 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 and so, when you look at uh, African farmers, let's say, let, let me just uh, use that term, um, <clears throat> the apartheid state actually helped them a lot mm. in terms of 
in terms of in terms of farming. APSA's origin. You know, as a bank was an institution that was lending money. Um, it, it, it has an, that agricultural background, uh, so they could have access to credit on good on good mm. terms. So, if you're starting, if you're a farmer, if you're a black commercial farmer at the moment, right? And and and, and I'm talking about the ones who have gone into the open market. I'm not even talking about the ones that have been given uh, land by the state. Um, you don't have. That kind of support, mm. right? Everything is at commercial value. It's at, at premium market value, mm. and already people are indebted. Farming is expensive and risky. Right? It's very, very risky. Mm. And so, when people say, "I want land to create wealth," we also need to understand that land doesn't necessarily create wealth. Mm. Um, you know, so so other people, you, you also have developers coming into the mix. Mm. So everybody, I would like to own a piece of, a huge piece in Hyde Park or mm. Sandhurst mm. and build townhouses and all these kinds <laughs> of things. You need both. Eh? You know, <laughs> but, 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 but you know what? It might work. But it might it might it's also get depressed. It might right. also de- get depressed at some point. So you need to ha- come up with statutory and 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 and, and laws. Mm. Once you have this conversation, you need to say that we also need to have a conversation about you. You know, you 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 can't have a, you know two thirds of the plate yeah. and yeah. other people don't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and how do we do that? And and it is going to be an emotive conversation. But I think that it is also going to be necessary. Um, for those emotions to come out and also for us to actually have a proper vision in terms of how we what look we at land. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, let's try bring in Ertz now. He's, uh, he's, uh, we've been having a few complications, but hopefully we've sorted it out. He's sure. in New York. Um, so it's, it's pretty early there. Ertz, good morning to you. Um, um, yeah, yes. Hey, it's, there uh, you are, there you are. That's about quarter to four in the morning. <laughs> Is that time lapse? You see, are you doing well? We're good, we're good. Thank you, Adam. So we've got uh, Nomboniso Gasa in here. We're speaking about the land. Frankly speaking, how do we unlock the land gridlock in SA? Nomboniso is suggesting that we have no ownership of land. Give us your thoughts on that. <laughs> I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's what Joseph Stalin uh, uh, suggested, and that's what Mao Zedong suggested. So those were the people who, who were the fastest in this. Were people who said we should have no ownership of land. I mean, there's no nowhere in the entire world. That's also what's happening in North Korea. Um, and that's to a degree what's happening in Zimbabwe, where they've just taken all the land and sort of vested it in the government. So it might sound like a wonderful idea, but... There's no country in the world where having ownership of land into wealth or into creating a better future for people. That's just crazy. If you don't have private property, no one's going to want to farm and produce on a piece of land that is not their uh, Ernst, um, property because <laughs> – that's, let's let's maybe test let, let's maybe test that. Um, so, you you are making a, a causal link, or you're creating a causal link between the fact that you own land and your willingness to farm it, and your and your ability to then make money yes. off it, right? Uh, what is it that makes you? Because you're making a huge statement that nobody would want to do this, and that it's never worked, and so on. But th- those are huge statements, and uh, I wonder to what extent they are factually true. What is it that? What is it about not? Owning land that then creates that sort of setup, and uh, uh, because yes, you can approach it emotionally and so on. But if we just look at it for what it is, what is it? If if everybody stopped owning land, what would cause that to 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 cause a gridlock or at least a, a, a pause in our ability to 
to have this land being an economically productive asset for the country as a whole? Aaron's has uh, given up on me. I think it's Scott. No, but so, what, so, so Aaron says uh, he's not even saying it. it he doesn't <laughs> agree. He says it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Have we just spent a whole fifty minutes entertaining your craziness here? Can you? Why have we done that? I mean, Why save us say, because now, now this is really embarrassing. Fifty minutes <laughs> listening to a crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy person, woman. crazy, crazy woman. person sharing crazy ideas. How do you respond to this? Aaron says uh, this is crazy. Well, actually, I am crazy, you know. <laughs> well, I'm crazy, but I'm crazy in a different way. Firstly, it's not true that it, it has never worked anywhere in the world. I don't think that statement is based on fact. Um, fact actually shows pockets of land in England that are doing quite fine, mm-hmm. that are that fall under, the, that are called the Queen's land. The... the uh, also, I have made a, an example of the waterfront, mm. right? Um, I can give you examples yes. of farmers in Europe who actually don't own the farm, but actually work and work productively on those huge farms. But that's the thing, right? Use, you sell they, the crop. It's not and, as if you and, sell the and, land, and, right? And, and they use huge machines. I mean, those mm. those like monster yeah. machines that like cost millions, mm. right? And they list the land. Mm. Okay? So I think Aronson is making... Um, a, but a, let's... A whole, let's but mm. I understand what... The, the, uh, the, and I understand the alarm bells, yes. right? Because the alarm bells are about... Expropriation and nationalization, mm. right? Um, and, 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 and that, um, this is Stalinism. This is, uh, this is, you know, what Mao Zedong did and, and so on. But actually, even the Chinese model, right, with its problems, right, is not completely failing, right? Mm. China is one of the fastest growing economies in the world. Right. So I think we need to be very careful about about just being very dismissive. Mm. Mozambique. Mm. He says nowhere in the world. Mm. Mozambique, nobody owns the land. Mm. Malawi, nobody owns the land. Right. There are problems in terms of how that is managed in some countries, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's totally impossible. What, so I just this we spoke about this crisis of imagination, which I really, really agree with. But when you have that sort of a response, right? So let's let's uh, not look at it as just a reactive response. Let's look at it as a legitimate response from an individual who feels certain things and believes them to be true. What is going on in the mind of an Ernst? Um, so you said it's alarm bells and so on, and that is why he's responding in that way. Well, I don't know him. Uh, yes, but Ar- I mean, I mean, whatever he represents. So if he's an he, if he's an archetype of of a, of a person who's responding to this issue in that way, what's going on that 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 is so felt at such a deep level? A lot of people, say? it's fear. Mm. A lot of people, it's fear. A lot of people, it's you're going to take my land, and I'm going to. I mean, he's making an example. For, he's, he's, he's making a link, for example, Zimbabwe. Mm. What I'm suggesting is completely different from from Zimbabwe. Mm. But there is fear. There's fear. You know, whenever you're going to have an idea that is unusual, um, the 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 people are going to be afraid. Right. So, so there's fear, there's anxiety, there's, um, there's fear, there's anxiety, 
there's a sense of loss, mm. you know, but I might lose land, I might lose power. Mm. Right. I might lose status in society. So it's not just about and, and, and lots of people are going to have that kind of reaction. A lot of people who are saying expropriate without compensation or with minimum compensation and so on are going to say to me that. So when are we going to end up with nothing? You know, mm. so 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 there's a real mm. historical <laughs> stuff here that informs how people respond. We, we've got Ernst back on the line. Ernst, are you there? Um, yeah, yes. Ernst, I think help us. We don't have a lot of time, but uh, we, we're trying to understand okay. your reaction. So uh, there is perhaps a bigger imperative that we as a country move forward and that we find solutions that are sustainable. Um, and what you're essentially suggesting um, is that it is better that we that, that few people own some pieces of land versus all of us not having and 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 but having the right to work the land in different ways in order to make to, to be productive and to make money of it. Why is this such a difficult thing for you to Except, why can't we all just, uh, you know, the land is, in, is is owned by the state and we all work it through leases and so on, um, rather than the current situation where some have and some don't, and that creates attentions that, 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 that continue to reflect our colonial and apartheid past? Well, um, the point is that we need to have a, a system or a policy that is economically viable. Um, uh, China, for example, I mentioned China. The reason why China currently has economic growth is because they have been shifting away from this uh, communist approach. We, they have created what they call special economic zones where government is not intervening, where people have private property um, and people can use that private property to produce. And as a result of these private econo- or special economic zones, that's what's boosted the economy. Is part so of don't that property, say that is part of China that property has land. this state. Is part of that property the land in those in those areas? Where people have private ownership, yes. Okay. Um, so the point is, I mean, it sounds great. Wow, the state must own everything and people must then work on the state's land. But there's no country in the world where that has worked. So, and um, Why hasn't it worked, Aaron? Because the point that I was making earlier when, I was, uh, when the line dropped was the basic economic principle is, is called incentive. So you need to have an incentive to really produce something with what you have. But if there's a piece of land, it's owned by government. Government says to you, yeah, we're doing you this favor. You can live on this piece of land. You can start a cattle farm. But you know that at any moment, government can come to you and say, listen, we've uh, went back, we've decided what the situation is, and we thought, you know what, we're going to take back that piece of land. It's not yours in the first place in any case. You wouldn't, no person with a sane mind would want to really invest on that piece of land, uh, knowing that it's not theirs, uh, there's, a, there's a high risk of them. Uh, of that land being taken away, well, not being taken away from them because it wasn't theirs in the first place, of them being government deciding that, you know what, something else needs to be done with that land. So there's no security in that piece of land. But that assumes, uh, that assumes that you don't have a legislative framework around how long you're leasing that land for and so on. It, it, it's, I mean, if we say you've got it, you've got a hundred year lease, it's a hundred year lease and no one is coming to take it, to take it from you before that. Well, it's not working in Zimbabwe. I mean, Zimbabwe has hyperinflation. They have a hundred, more than a thousand percent inflation. Mm. Um, 
The special economic zones that you're talking about in China are not new, Shenzhen and those places, and they are not owned by people, actually. I think it's very important to understand the Chinese model very, very closely. Um, the, 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 the kind of system that they are introducing is similar to what you would have anywhere else where you have, uh, 100-year lease, um, where you have the security for that, um, you say that the, nowhere in the in the world do these things work. Actually, that is also not true. Um, there are parts in in Britain, for example, where you you don't own Queensland, but you live there and you can you can develop that property. I think what the conversation really should be about is. What would changing the ownership structure address the fundamental questions of access to land? Would it make people secure? Is it possible for people's rights uh, not to be trampled on? And I think it's very important for us to be careful when we talk about private property. And remember the South African Constitution uh, in the property clause, it doesn't say you have a right to private property. It says you cannot be arbitrarily deprived of property. So the notion of private property, private property is not um, the, 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 the holy grail. For a long time, and again, one day we also need to talk about Zimbabwe and talk about the 20 plus years before uh, ZANU-PF turned on, on the white farmers. And part of it, in fact, was about the relationship, the cozy relationship that the white farmers had in Zimbabwe with the ZANU-PF government. And uh, when they felt the populist pressure, then the government turned on them. So there was private property there. It, doesn't, it didn't work for most people. There still is private property. Yes, it's and it's not destroyed the economy. Guys, unfortunately, we have run out of time. Aaron, please get back. We don't know what you're doing in New York. You're very, you're very secretive about what you're doing in New York. You're just posting pictures of movies and so on. But this is <laughs> a conversation. A if you this is, he's not on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is a conversation that we all definitely need to have. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But um, um, uh, um, Andrew, uh, where, where, where are we on this? Are you giving me your, your lovely house uh, in, in beautiful Santa? <laughs> well, okay, so I, I just want to say before we, we end up, I think what we need to do is have Nomuniso in again, we have Adams, and maybe we try to get Andile as well and have a brainstorm about what we can do because clearly it's not working. Whatever's happening is not working. And I think Nomuniso is right. We've got a, a problem of imagination here, and it would be very interesting to have these three characters who sit on very different sides of the fence come together and say, what could we do in order to make this work? Well, part of that is to agree what happened in the past. I think now we're getting to a point where we agree on the facts. We don't agree on how it felt.
felt for all of us. We, yeah, some some believe colonialism was to be celebrated. Some believe it was painful. <laughs> no, why are you going about Helen Zeller tweets? Ah, I'm uh, tired. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I think the other thing which is interesting is that we are, as a as a world, we're moving to this idea of non-ownership. If you think of uh, models like Airbnb, if you think of models like Uber, you technology, don't, you don't technology, have to own information the car. technology, so, information technology. There, there you go. So, so there so is something in this story. Open access. Uh, absolutely. So le- let's have this conversation again. Um, it, it's certainly one worth having, and uh, I think that the, one of the most important things that was said here is we do have a crisis of imagination, not just about land, about a number of different things, mm. governance and so on. And we do need to start having the conversation of how do we unlock the gridlock. Yeah. Uh, so as per usual, thank you thank so you. much for your wise words. We love having you here. Please do come again to have this conversation with with Ernst in studio. Thank you, Ernst Roots. And uh, apologies to Annalise. Um, for, for us getting cut off, we had some, some technical issues, but thank you so much for listening. And yes, we will do this again next week. Uh, I think we should also say, you know, rest in peace to Uncle Kathy. Yes. He's being put, uh, put to rest in his final yes. resting place today. Uh, Uncle Kathy, go well. We thank you for all your amazing, amazing dedication to this country. Mm. And we wish you and your family all the best. Rest in power, yes. old man. Yes. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Ciao, ciao. Central.com